Hello and welcome to our Legs 11th episode of Anyone for Coffee. It's Quirky Voices Women's Health podcast that also can be listened to by all genders, all folks from all places on this beautiful, crazy planet to just, well, you know, get some useful help and information. So welcome to all of you. This is funded by the Welcome Trust, which seems appropriate. And the Brit Pod Awards Pulse Award. It's so exciting. I had some money. Uh, this show only exists to help inform and help people feel that they can be proactive about helping themselves with whatever condition they have. So please do share this with your friends because you never know what someone is going through behind closed doors, behind those beautiful eyes, right? So far, we've explored elements of living with unseen pain and those that present more physically with endometriosis, postnatal depression, epilepsy. And this this is the second of three episodes on PTSD, anxiety and depression. Now, please be aware that this episode is still focusing on Flo's story, inspired by my interview with Diane Alexander, who I adore uh, with everything. Now... I want you to realise that we talk about the aftermath of the mental health of someone who has been sexually assaulted. So please be advised to play this in a safe space for you to listen and to take it in. I'm fully aware that sexual assault happens in all cultures to all gender. And so in this case, as a previously mooted i do hope you can share this with any folks on your social media circles because you never know who's been affected by a traumatic incident possibly even folks who you would never think of this kind of thing happening to and that's why i wanted to share flo's story because we associate this kind of thing perhaps with folks from a different demographic folks of a different social circle and i want to make it clear it could happen to anyone There are links to places for men as well as women and trans folks on the Quirky Voices website. So please do check these out and share the page too if it's useful. I'd love that. (laughs) Uh, Try and get it to the people I've done it for. So thank you if you do that. Much appreciate. Very much. Sir, to the audio fiction today. Flo, bless her. Flo was last seen running away down Wickham High Street. It's a real place. I don't know if I should recommend it, but it's nice shops. And Charlie had her phone on Find My Friends, so tracked her to her own room, her safe place. How Gabby's bladder was about to burst, and she has a a mini heart-to-heart with the lovely Freya whilst moving around on the crutches to counter the SPD pain she knew was inevitable with her pregnancy. And they share a moment as the baby's due date looms. Flo opens up to Rachel and Charlie about her flashbacks and reveals some more of how her anxiety manifests. So, hug a cushion, why don't you? And here we go. I bloody hope she's here. I'll have to call the police. Mum? She's in bed. Nice jammies, Mrs Hubbard. Mum! Jesus, we wonder what the bloody hell had happened. I did find my friends on your phone and I showed you were here. You all right? What are you doing in bed? I wasn't feeling right. The incident left me raw, Charlie. I just wanted to be here. I know I'm safe. But when... I'm not good, Charlie. I just want to curl up and... Okay, sure, but... 
You frightened me going off like that. I, I thought you were going to get run over or something. Don't do that again, okay? Just come find me. You want a cuppa? Anyone for coffee? Me, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hand. Cheers. Oh, that was worrying. <laughs> Bloody was. Do I look like I've been crying? A bit. Brings out the turquoise, though. Ah, oh, it's because my whites go bloodshot. Has your mum ever had anything like depression before? Before whatever it is she's had happened, happened? Oh, I think she's been prone to it throughout her life. I mean, we can have very dark, very deep conversations, to be honest. Like, being a student again sometimes. I mean, um, she has sometimes been quite solitary. You know, like when Dad was at home with us and we were watching a family film, she'd take herself up to her room or to the garden and just get some space. And she's on pills right now, you said, for depression? Yeah. Yeah, something um, fucking terrible happened a while ago. It's a good few years, but well, she's not... Um, truly really been the same since. Can I ask what it was? It's a bit nosy. Oh, I need some water. I mean, sorry, please may I have some water? Ask pound, please. How you go, Mrs. Fit to burst? Due any minute now. Oh, can't wait, she said sarcastically. <laughs> Takes me an hour to get up out of a seat, as you know, so... You know, if we're staying here for a good while, point me to a comfy seat, feed me and water me. <laughs> You're great with those crutches. Mm. I'm going to burn them when I'm done with them. Ah, <laughs> oh, you might need them for your next kid. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, uh, crutch to the crutch, that's not fair. Hooray! I'm due any day now, though. Tuesday, yes! Well, that's great. Cool. Um, I'll just go and see Mum. Can you sort the coffees with Freya? She'll, she'll be okay, you know, child. Whatever's up. Should be alright, your mum. She always is. Not always. Don't make me worry about you, Charlie. Oh, I am fine. Yeah, we all know what fine means. Don't worry, hop along. I'll do all the work and sort the coffees. You stand there looking gorgeously pregnant. Okay then. You force me. Oh, oh she's kicking right now. <laughs> I oh. can see. Good to see you buoyant. Well, partly thanks to you lot, honestly. I could not have got this far without you. I mean, I can't bloody move very fast because it bloody hurts, but well, I'm excited about meeting this little someone and, well, I wasn't before so much. That's, that's good, yeah. You've, you've been amazing, and especially you, because I know it's all, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. We didn't get a chance to chat earlier because Charlie was crying everywhere. How are you going? Mm, I had an MRI, waiting for results of that to see what happens. I feel positive vibes in my waters. <laughs> well, let's hope they don't break on the kitchen floor. Hmm? Here's some water, Mum. Um, you need those red ones, right? You hungry? Stop fussing, Charlie. I'm fine. I just got a bit... 
Overwhelmed. That's happening a lot, isn't it, Mrs Hubbard? Why is that then? Oh, you know. Yeah, I I forgot today was, uh, you know, I don't want to say anniversary, but it it is, I guess. Oh, happy anniversary and happy birthday. No, it's not a happy one, Rachel. Not at all. And I wouldn't normally say this, but worst day of my life happened on this date and I've been paying ever since. Haven't been or felt the same me at all. Why is that then? Mum had something happen to her. That is, um, I'm not sure how to find the words. Maybe, maybe you should say, Mum, if if you want to. You don't have to. I, but I'm happy to listen if you want to talk. Oh. Well, I I don't want to talk about it, but best start is, uh, I guess, my last birthday about four years ago. Your fourteenth. I still find that so funny. You're only like 12. (laughs) Yes, it's hilarious. Sorry, sorry. Charlie had hired the golf club and invited the family and pals and my golfing club friends and oh, that lot from the Amdram circuit. And well, it it just went downhill from there. I, I remember standing in a loudly carpeted foyer, all orange swirls and browns and greens like someone'd been sick on Watsits and chocolate and it's all... Ugh, congealed. Nice. They had a pianist in there playing my favourite songs. Packbell's Canon in D. I was standing there, about to reach my arm out and open the door, and I stopped. Like, frozen. I thought, I can't walk in there. But then, you have to walk in there. Why? Because you have to do this. So, get on with it. Get on with it. No. Well, for goodness sake, they're expecting you. What would they think of you if you don't go? They'll think, why did she not go? Then they'll not invite you again. To my own birthday. Or they won't throw you a do like this again. But, oh, I don't like letting people down. Do I? No, no, no. But the thought of going into all those people is killing me. I can't breathe and I can feel my chest caving in and my stomach's turning and turning and turning. And... Oh, Mum, there you are. Oh, Charlie. Oh, my saviour. Can you take me home? What? Oh, Mama Hubbard, you just got here. It's your birthday. What do you mean? Darren's just parked, finally. I've just got to go in, haven't I? I'll be all right when I get there, won't I? Of course you will. So, Charlie pretty much wills me in and I have a dug in deep smile and I say me thank yous and I go straight to the bar and hope no one notices me for a bit. But to quote the old song, what kind of fool am I? It's my birthday. I have to be very, very brave and ephemerally happy and polite to everyone. And this tall, tall thin-lipped man comes up to me and starts talking. God knows what about. And I don't know him. Please go away. Please go away. But I managed a few sentences, but I don't really remember what I said other than I think at the end I said, go away now, please. And then Freya came along. Oh, hello. Happy birthday. 
Oh, hello, love. How are you doing? Good to see you. I didn't give her a chance to reply. Can you, can you walk with me outside? Please? I need a reason to leave. And please make sure I'm still not here if Charlie has organised a cake. I can't do that. Not today. Freya took me outside and we just sat. We didn't speak. Oh, she was the most brilliant company and... Oh, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck bristle because I saw him. Well, a man that looked like him. Who? The man who raped and sexually assaulted me. Now, for anyone having experienced this kind of trauma, every day must be very, very difficult in some way, right? In ways folks who haven't experienced this can ever understand. And who sees that part of you? Who do you share that with? Possibly no one but yourself. And as we explore in this interview with Diane, it is healthier and positively better for you to seek someone to talk to, to to let it out, those feelings, right? To help you heal and live potentially a more fulfilling life. As Kylie also mentions later in the shows, if you are not talking to the right person, you can always find someone that fits. So Diane here reveals how her habitual negative inner voice affects her day to day. We all have one of those, don't we? Mine's talking now about how ridiculous my voice is. (laughs) That inner you that can just pile on that negative and affect what we do, what you say, how you behave, how social media can get you down and things can become overwhelming. It brings up thoughts of where we fit, how important one phone call or message or comment to someone can be, especially right now in isolation and how maybe we shouldn't listen to that voice all the time. Because because loneliness is one of our world's biggest problems that can contribute to poor and traumatic mental health and there are people who would most certainly love to hear from you no matter what that inner voice tells you so here's diane being amazing with every syllable but did people really check up on me no not really no okay not, not really Right, and that's hard. That's hard. It was hard because there were days, there were days when, even even days now when Mm. I do get that low point, Mm. I find I have to keep busy. I've got to keep busy. If I don't keep busy, my mind works every time, and I just get into this lull. So if I'm like sick or ill, it's like it's the worst thing for me. Sure. Because I might sit and watch TV or I might try and read a book, but I just sink, 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 and I get lower and lower. So for me, I, I like to keep busy so that I don't, I don't have time to think about stuff. I don't have time to worry about what's going on. Mm. On a weekend, I think, right, I'm just going to stay at home, going to get things done around the house. And yep. some weekends, nothing <laughs> nothing gets done because I get, I just sink. I can't mm. explain it. Mm-hmm. I can't find the motivation to do things because I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. I can't find that motivation. I think I really need to do this today. It, uh, yeah, I'm just going to sit and watch a bit of TV. I'm yep. just going to sit and do this. I'm just going to do that. And things don't get done. Mm. And then there's times when that's just a, a like a, a lethargy more than anything, lack of motivation. Right. Just brain doesn't want to do it. Don't want to do it. I just want to sit here and I just want to do nothing. I just want to watch rubbish TV. I want to watch comedy. I want to watch Friends. I want to do this. I want to do that. Just want to switch off from everything outside. Yeah. And then there's days when I'm just, I get 
really low, like really low, like oh, it's a beautiful day outside. It's a really gorgeous day outside and I'm sat in here. Right. And then I go to myself, well, Diane, you could go out for a walk. I talk to myself, you could go out for a walk. You could get some stuff on, you could go out for a walk. Yeah, I know, I could. But I don't really want to do that on my own. It's not sane on your own, is it? Who wants to go on their own, look like a shadow walking. And all that goes through my head. And then it's like, well, what my friends are doing. And obviously most of my friends are with partners, so. Right. And then you start thinking, yeah, I expect everybody's having a good day today. And that's when it starts. And then yeah. it's just like Gosh. piling it on and on and on top of each other the whole time. Oh, well, everybody's out doing this. Oh, well, they've, oh, yeah, I had to sit and look on Facebook. Oh, well, they've gone here and they've gone there. Oh, look at them. They're having a nice time. They've gone here. and Oh, so everybody's out having a good time except me. Okay, well, I'll just sit here then. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's not a deliberate intention of feeling sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of this, well, nobody's thought about me. And mm-hmm. why would they? Because they've got their own lives and their families. Completely understandable. Why would they? Because that's what they've got. Mm-hmm. But I sit there there and that's when it all kicks in. It's like, and what have I got? Obviously, I've got my beautiful daughter who's obviously in another county. And so I see them every other weekend. Mm -hmm. She'd have me there every weekend, probably. (laughs) But it's like, no, you need life. (laughs) You need life, darling, besides me. (laughs) And and it's that kind of thing of, yeah, I've got friends, but only see them at certain times. Or I can only do this for them at certain times because they have husbands and families. And and it gets kind of, I get kind of, lonely that I think I shouldn't be lonely I shouldn't be lonely because I've got a lot going on in my life and I've got other things but it gets that stage that it all just seems to bottleneck and and then I can't get out of it and then and then it'll get to Sunday like three o'clock I think right I've got to get out of this house I can't do this I need to get out I need to get out Mm -hmm. what am I going to do it's three o'clock where am I going to go oh it's starting to rain now and it's like right well I'll just go to the shop and I'll just go to the garage and get some bits Mm -hmm. and and it's I got out, I got out and I did it. Yep. It's a, it's a really weird thing. And then sometimes I'll go, right, okay, I'll tell you what, I am. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go into town and I'm going to walk and I'm going to do. But then all the anxiety then for some reason builds up and then it's like, I've got to go home. Can't do this, can't do this, got to go home. Okay. Can't do this, can't do this. And how often is that happening? <sighs> can be once a month. And are you still having medical professional help? No. No, that all. was given up a long time ago. Right. No, that was given up a long time ago. And, uh, was it useful or not, not so much? It, it, well, it was, but I, I don't feel I'm justified in having help anymore, really, unless I go privately, I guess. But I think I need to work through this myself. I need to work through it. I have to try and do this myself. And, right. and so that's why I do drama and I do things that I think, well, if I go there, I'll be happy, yeah. you know, or do some writing, you know, and then it all comes out in my writing. So that's, like I said, it's very cathartic. It's very, you know. Um, you do more. Your writing is lovely. Yeah. So sometimes I've, I'll read back what I've written and think, what? <laughs> what on earth is that all about? I haven't got a clue. Yeah. But it's just everything just coming out on paper. Yes. And sometimes it's just great just... Just tuck it to one side. There it is. There it is. That's what that day was about. Yeah. You should do it hourly as well, into your phone. Yes, I should do. I should and do. And see it because I think, I think listening back to yourself is powerful as yes. well as reading what you've written. But, yeah, and I, I think when you are feeling in that, I don't know what the word funk or, or the, those darker times, what helps to bring you up to a, a good level, a, a better level? Of, um probably something something lighter believe it or not so yeah taking myself out yeah because sometimes i would sit there and go right now i really need to 
to, to move because I'm getting worse and worse and worse now. And I can feel it. I know I'm getting worse. Mm. And I talk to myself by saying, you're going to sink or you're sinking. Right. Or I'll text someone and my text will just be awful to right. the extent that, you like my daughter will say, are you okay? Right. And she'll phone me, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Why? Well, you die. Your, your text wasn't very good. She knows. She knows. Or I'll phone like my mum and mum knows. She'll say, What's the matter? I can tell by the sound of your voice something's wrong. No, I'm okay, Mum. Just you're just a bit down. I'm just just a bit tired, you know. And so it is a case I have to pull myself out of it. Yeah. So sometimes it is just a case of sitting here and then getting up and going to work the next day. So getting up and going to work will change that mood because mm-hmm. I'm going to work, and mm-hmm. so that will change. Or going to drama, or watching something on TV. You know, let's yep. watch Mrs. Brown's Boys because that will make me laugh. <laughs> you know, yeah. is is that kind of thing that will lift my mood, mm. and then I'll kind of stops thinking so much oh yeah Yeah. if um if someone listening to this is in one of those spaces and is kind of quite sure they're gonna get out of that feeling those places Mm. all of that what kind of advice or or thoughts or things would you want to share with them see it's difficult because i always used to you know like people used to say, the therapist or friends would say, try and think happy thoughts or try and do something nice. Do something of yourself. Go for a walk. Go and go for a swim or, you know, and because that, that, you know, releases endorphins sure. and makes you yes. feel better. Or go and do something. Go and see a film. Go and do this, this. And at the time, to be honest, when you're in that state, it doesn't make a difference. You don't want to do that. And that's the hardest part is somebody saying to you, Go and do something nice or, oh, you need to get out more. You need to this, you need to this. And you think, yeah, I know I do, but I don't actually want to. Yeah. And that's what is so difficult. So for me to say to somebody, oh, you need to think. I would never sell somebody think happy thoughts. I would never say, oh, you maybe join a drama group or maybe go to a knitting club or maybe start dancing. Because if they're going through what I went through, in my darkest moments, it, I didn't give a, I didn't care. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if I never saw daylight again. I didn't care. And so it was very, very difficult for me to say that to someone because I know how I felt. Mm. It's it's the only thing I would say to someone if they are going through that and they are in those kind of places is, yeah, maybe try. Watch something on TV that will make you laugh. It doesn't make you laugh, really. You're, you're kind of smirking. Yeah, that was funny. But you're not really laughing because you don't really care. You don't really care about that either. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing is to tell people that you are down and depressed. Right. To tell them, you know, I'm not being awkward. I'm just not good. I'm really in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Say it. I am in a dark place. I'm depressed. People are scared to say it. That's the one thing I think. People are scared to say, I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. I was scared to tell people that I was suffering from PTSD. People, when the the couple of people I did, don't be stupid. That's what soldiers get. You not haven't got PTSD. Don't be ridiculous. Well, my doctor diagnosed it. Oh, yeah, well, he's just telling you that to make you feel better. People didn't understand. You're not depressed. You're just down. You know, what you went through, a lot of people go through. No, they don't. No, they don't. People do not go through rape and assault every day. That's just rubbish. And what I'm feeling, you have no idea. You have no idea what I'm feeling. So don't tell me what people go through because you don't know how I'm feeling. And... And maybe they were the wrong people to talk to because some of the people I did were fine. But when you tell somebody, I am in a really dark place. I don't want to get up in the morning. Mm. I don't want to wake up. Mm. I don't want to face the world. I don't care 
if I wake up tomorrow morning. I don't care if I live, I die, I don't care. I just don't feel, I didn't feel, I went numb. I didn't feel. I couldn't, at one, to one stage, I didn't feel angry, I didn't feel sad, I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel anything. I just didn't care. And that was the only feeling I had. But I think by telling people, I think if you tell people I'm in a dark place, if you get to the right people, people will then sit up and listen. Mm. And they need they need to help. They need to be with you. They need to talk to you. Yeah. And those are the people. It, it's finding the people that will listen to you. Yeah. Which, again, is difficult when you're in a dark place because you, you don't. But, but you do. Even if somebody just sits beside you and doesn't say a word, mm-hmm. they're there. They are there. And that's what you need. You need comfort. You need, yeah. You don't need somebody to judge you. You don't need somebody to give you advice. You just need someone there to just say, I'm here. Yeah. That's it. Obviously, in this absolutely crazy world, what happened to you has happened to other women. Of course. Did you seek out or have you found stories of or did you look at people who had similar experiences to yourself or did you not want to connect or...? I think at the time it, it it was very very painful, and I think yeah. at the time I did look into it a bit because I wanted justice. Right. I I absolutely yes. wanted justice. Yes, and a lot of people said to me, "You don't even push it because it will be too painful to go right. through it all again." Right. But I'm quite a defiant little person, <laughs> and once the anger kicked in for mm. me, that was like, "I want this sorted. Yeah. I am not going to sit back." So unfortunately, whilst there was substantial evidence, there was a lot of evidence, there was also a lot of inconsistencies right. with my story and his story, which there's going to be. Yeah. There's going to be. And there was also this consensual thing, non-consensual, can, you know. Right. He said, she said, she liked it that way. I said, I said no. Yeah. Who do they believe? There's no witnesses. There's nothing. It was a very, very difficult one. And Crown Prosecution wouldn't take it on. Right. And I cried and I sobbed and I begged and I pleaded and I begged. And in the end, the actual Crown Prosecutor called me and spoke to me Mm. and said, I cannot take your case on. I cannot. It won't stand up in court because it's your word against his. And you've got a jury of 12 people are going to sit there and go... Well, she'd had a couple of drinks and, and she said, I know it sounds harsh. And she said, I hate it, but it won't stand up in court. I cannot take it to court. It, it'll it just be, you know. And you wonder how many people like you have had yeah. that happen. Hundreds. And then where do you go? That's the thing. Yeah. It's like support-wise then. Yeah. You feel yeah. let down by Oh, I felt so let down. I felt so let down. I looked at the statistics. The statistics were so low. It was how many get reported was mm. like something like 3%. How many get to court, 2%. It was ridiculous amounts. Absolutely. How many get convicted, 1%. You know, it was just horrendous. Mm. But I thought, no, it's not going to go anywhere. But mm. for me, all I kept saying was perhaps, you know, they were saying, she was saying the defence lawyer will rip you to pieces. And it was like, but maybe he will break in court. Maybe he, you know, mm. who knows? And and that was the thing for me. I got angry in the end. I got so angry because I was like, yeah, how many people are out there mm. that have gone through this, mm-hmm. that nothing's being done about it or they can't do anything, but they say mm. they can't, you know, and I think that was one of the 
a really difficult thing for me that I had to try and get through and try and accept. And I was non-accepting of it for many, many years. No, Non-accepting. I, I, I can't understand that. That's the wrong way of saying it. But I'm yeah. in an empathetic position yeah. as much as I can be. I mean, and because uh, I've come back on that, what what did you do to help resolve those feelings or, or at least... I don't know, have them held, I suppose. What? I think it's been more of a time issue for me. Yeah. As the years have gone on, you go, it it, it not it doesn't get any better, as yeah. you can see. It doesn't mm. get any better. It's still, it's still very hard to talk about. It's still very raw. 12 yeah. years later, it's still raw. But I think you learn to deal with things a bit better. I suppose it's a bit like a death. You... You never move on from it. It's it's not an accepting thing, but you learn to deal with it better. You have to go, okay, that's just the way it is. You have to then go, it's just the way it is, and there is nothing I can do about it. So I have to either remain angry and bitter, or I have to try and make my own life better. Mm-hmm. I can get through this, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I've done. I so I I went for meditation. Oh, yeah. I did um, self hypnosis. That okay. kind of thing. So when I sometimes get those attacks now, my panic attacks, I will sometimes go, right, okay, you know, breathe, mm-hmm. count to 10, think, go to that lovely little place and just go, you need to calm down, you know. And I talk, like I said, talk to myself, obviously not out loud, but I talk to myself inside and go, you need to calm down. Yep. There's nothing wrong with this. You are just walking down a busy street. Unfortunately, everybody's coming your way. Yep. <laughs> you know, you're on the wrong side of the street kind of thing. And either step into a doorway and get away from it or go the other. So I've not I've been known to go the way with them, even though I'm not going that way. I've I've turned yeah. around and gone with them Gosh. because it was easier. Mm. So I think for me it was I worked through it. I worked myself through it. I got I got books, I read, I read lots of right. therapy books and things like that of yep. how to calm, how to get yourself through situations and acceptance, you know, and um, motivational books, things like that. Yes. Try and think of something positive as you get up in the morning, happy thoughts. Yes. And it all seemed like a crock when I was going through my really dark moments, like, yeah, whatever, think happy thoughts, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But as I, as time progressed and I went through things, I, I did, I had these cards, I had a book of cards, and yeah. I would pick one out every morning and read it. Okay, this is how today is going to go. Right. And at the time, I thought this is ridiculous, but it but it didn't. Um, I did have one very very good friend who, bless her soul, was taken last year with cancer, mm. way before her time, <laughs> way way before her time. And she was a therapist, and she's very holistic and very you know. Yep. And she, bless her, she, <laughs> she used to send me angels and she used to send me healing through, you know, through the air kind of thing and. Mm. I think people thought she was crazy. She was probably crazy. Her mother was barking, but they're the most wonderful people I've ever met. Right. And so she used to say to me, right, tonight I need you to go into your house. You're going to light some candles and I'm going to send you some some guardian angels. And when I told her, I remember telling my daughter and she just looked at me like, how is she going to do that? Well, she's what she's going to do. And my daughter was like, okay, mum, if that's what you want to do, that's what we'll do. Yeah. And she went along with it because... You know, I mean, some people do believe in this stuff and, you know, but she just said, that's what we're doing, mum. If that's what you want to do, if we need harmony in our house, that's what we're going to do. We'll have harmony in our house and, you know, burnt sage and I did this and I did that and just kind of harmonised my whole life and everything that to put myself in a better place and try and get rid of all the sourness and bitterness that I had inside me. 
was to breathe it in and push it away. And I did all that mm-hmm. on a regular basis because otherwise I knew I was never going to repair. I was never going to get through it. And I would just end up either an angry, bitter person or just chronically depressed and possibly, yeah, to the state where I couldn't live. And I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I wanted to live. I wanted to see my daughter grow up and have grandchildren. And I wanted all that. But there was a big part of me that didn't because I felt I didn't deserve it because I wasn't a worthy person because I was obviously a bad person for that to happen to me. For him to do that to me, I was a bad person. And that was a lot of self-loathing and that kind of thing. And that, that's what confuses me about beautiful, strong women like you. For me, that's what, how I see you. And Thank you. you <laughs> well, no, and you radiate, you know, this very, you use the word harmony. I love that. It's, it is a harmonising kind of vibe. You know, I see your face in a crowd and when I'm out somewhere coming to a play or what have you, it's like, I feel, I don't know, I'm just a bit happier yeah, to, to see you. So I just think that how... You know, your darker feelings can be so entrenched and because uh, you used that that word before of, of, of um, so just but the lack of self-worth and things like that. I think everybody perhaps has elements of that mm. in their world because, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of built to compare ourselves, I suppose. Mm. And I think a bit of FOMO perhaps in everybody's world, but also that, the moment of solace as well, you know, and I think it's quite heartwarming that you know there are moments where you kind of do feel stronger alone I think talking to yourself and all of those moments is actually I think quite quite normal part Mm. of of our kind of trying to calm and woo ourselves into that kind of safe space yeah I mean with other friends do you have any other people who have depression itself and have you spoken to them how they deal I do. I have one good friend who who lives in Gloucester, where I used to live. Mm. Now, I didn't see her for... It was really sad because her father took his life. And so she went through uh, quite a a few years of of a similar sort of thing of depression, but in a different form because hers was over her dad and that kind of thing. And I think sometimes now she has this feeling of self-worth and I talk her up all the time I'm like no remember who you are remember what you've gone through Mm -hmm. remember what you've been through with your father and her son is very very was very ill and I sort of say to her remember what you go through and and if somebody feels that you're being pathetic as people say oh, oh she's being pathetic because of something just walk away from that person because you don't need that person in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is some of it. It's, it's recognising who you need in your life and who you don't. Yeah. Now, when I was, you know, yeah, when I was younger, I was happy-go-lucky. I, you know, yeah, I, I had my moments, as I said, but generally quite a happy person. Yeah. I have to say I've always been let down by men, which is yeah. quite hysterical, but I have. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things that came to light about four or five years ago, mm. where, you know, people said to me, oh, why are you on your own? You know, mm. don't yeah. you need a man in your life? No, I don't need a man in my life, thank you. <laughs> and obviously, since my incident, you know, yeah, it was, I just didn't want a man near me, let alone in my life, just didn't, right. didn't want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely petrified of even going near anybody. Um, but also, it's been, I thought about it for quite a while, and I thought, you know, I've been let down by every man I know. Every single man that has been in my life has let me down, mm. you know, that. I just have felt very let down by the males in my life. Mm. And I think 
maybe that was where the lack of self-worth came from, that I didn't feel good enough because you don't want to be with me anymore because you finished the relationships, therefore I'm not good enough for you. And I've had a lot of that over the years where I think that's maybe where that has come from, that I never felt good enough Mm. for them or things like that. And so when this kind of incident came about, and I have had a few incidents prior to that with others, but this was this, I just think, why would somebody do that to somebody? Why why would you do that to me when yes. all I've done is be nice to you? Yes. And that was something I couldn't get my head around. It mm. was like, why have you done this to me when all I've done is be nice? I, I couldn't understand it. So my trust in people just went. It was like, I can't, I can't trust anybody ever again and yeah. all this kind of thing. I'll say this every time. I am truly grateful to Diane for being honest and sharing this aspect of her otherwise wonderful, brilliant life. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, she has has her scars and her victories, her beautiful days and tragedy peppering her world as the rest of us do. But she wanted to share her story both to make a difference and to encourage people to be proactive in finding help, getting help. And if any of you listening now resonate with this and do speak to someone, do seek therapy, do call a hotline or talk to a friend, then, well, that will all have been worth the anxiety of sharing and bearing all here. So please pass this on so others can find it. Thank you. Now, Kylie Salholm talks today of how we can help ourselves if we have this mental anxiety or PTSD or depression, however it manifests. And we talk of ways to help with your self-care. Are you ready to take notes? All links mentioned will be on our glorious show notes, which took me a little while to do. So do share them. (laughs) We are back today with the wonderful Kylie Selholm. Hello, Kylie. Hello, how are you? Oh, do you know, I'm ticking along okay. Good. Some days good, some <laughs> days crazy, some days I should just stay in bed, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> today I want to focus really just on the, the how can folks who have whatever variety of anxiety or, or PTSD that's manifested, how they can help themselves. What can folks do as an individual, to get the help that they potentially need? As I mentioned previously, I think the most important thing is, is recognising that, you know, that, that things are kind of you know, getting a bit out of hand, you, you, you're noticing that, that you're not functioning the way that you were previously, mm. and you know, sort of going to GP, self-referring to IAPT, as I mentioned before. But I also recognise, as I said, that you know, the waiting lists are you know, really, really long in the NHS at the moment. And, right. you know, the, there's predictions that, that that might increase given, you know, sort of the unprecedented times that we're living in. Yes. So it's thinking about what you can do sort of in the meantime or if you're not ready to make that referral. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, one thing that can be really powerful is getting into a healthy routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So thinking about, you know, the power of exercise. So, you know, if that's going for a run or just a brisk walk around the block, just getting yourself active, it can be really powerful. Yeah, I agree. I've just bought a mini trampoline. 
everybody. Oh, and I am. My kids are very jealous and they want a big one. But no, this one is for me to do my ridiculous dancing and jumping up and down on. And my goodness, your legs, you can't feel them after about 10 minutes. So I advocate a, a mini trampoline, people, is my new new adventure because I feel, yes, I'm not getting enough exercise because I am perhaps more locked down than, than mm. I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. brilliant. So exercise, what else should folks look for to good well-being, for happiness, for for general good good vibes again thinking about routine and balance you know making sure you know we call them the basics making sure the basics are covered so making sure you're getting enough sleep you know setting a, a the same time every evening that, that you go to bed not having caffeine from kind of mid-afternoon so just just trying to get into some really healthy habits thinking about your diet as well you know I think when we're anxious we we can reach for the unhealthier options for sure hands um, up I do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's you know it can have a huge impact on us you know it might help in that short term to give us that kind of you know bit of a bit of a boost but yes you know, it can have really detrimental impact on anxiety so just trying to think about all of those eating healthily I mean I I've started to make kale crisps in my mind that is a good thing with the naughty thing <laughs> So <laughs> basically pop some kale uh, in a little bit of oil, swishle it around a bit, maybe add a bit of paprika for space, uh, put that under a grill, a <laughs> couple of minutes, crispies, see, and that's much better than those Wonderful. other naughty ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so just finding whatever works for you, whatever kind of, you know, mm. you kind of feel like you're doing something naughty, but actually yes. quite healthy. Yes. I think, you know, people can become very disconnected from people and the world around them because, mm. you know, they're, they're spending so much time, like, you know, thinking about OCD again, sort of doing their routines in their rituals. Yes. With PTSD, you know, hiding away, fearful that you're going to get another flashback. It's completely understandable. Yeah. But, you know, trying to connect with those around you, if it's just picking up the phone, calling your mum, calling, you know, somebody you love. Yes. just having a normal conversation and just just feeling um sort of connected with people is really important yes i think with diane in this episode as well as in the the audio fiction the word burden keeps coming up as like mm. people feel like they're going to be a burden and that is such a barrier that word i hate it it's almost like when you say mm. it the walls come down you know what i mean and i i just yeah. think people need to break through that word <laughs> yeah. and think no i'm not going to i need to speak to someone i would like to speak to someone and so yeah. you need to get through those negative thoughts of oh they won't want to talk to me or i'll just never speak to them i just speak to their answer phone no it's worth pursuing 100% you are not a burden you are somebody who definitely is worth the help and the need to be social we are social animals aren't we kylie mm -hmm. so yeah. take that step and knock that wall down of burden you're not go find those happy giggly people that you love and you love to have a laugh with that you've had good times with before you will have them again and it's that isn't it it's just having that lightness back in your day and mm. you know e even if it's just you know sort of a, a 10 minute break from the anxiety and from you know sort of what what's kind of weighing you down that's what we need we need that balance we need to feel connected with people yes. um yeah. You know, the other thing is also having a bit of a sense of achievement. You know, if it's just sort of setting a, a task like, you know, putting the bins out 
or you know just walking to the shop doing something sort of outside of your comfort zone and just having that sense of achievement I've managed that you know I set that for myself I managed it starting small and then kind of trying to build that up yes Uh, I think that can be really powerful yes so it is Um, self-care I mean uh, and if if say somebody who is in uh, the family has noticed somebody isn't right someone's not their usual selves or however you want to to term it is there anything that folks can do to be useful with somebody with anxiety and depression I think the most powerful thing is having that conversation and and putting the ball in the other person's court you know asking them just saying you know I'm I'm a bit stuck you know I I know that you're really suffering I really love you I want to do something to help you what what can I do and just just giving giving them the opportunity to say I just need you I don't know to get the kids up in the morning or I just need a hug whatever it is but just allowing them the opportunity to tell you what they need Mm -hmm. and just you know owning up that you're stuck with it is you know powerful yeah yeah no absolutely and and I guess there's a lot of people who are on their own in this predicament as well and Mm. that from afar maybe their Facebook posts have been perhaps more negative of late or they've disappeared off social media and that's unusual or you know you're a bit worried that how their attitude is on something or they're not appearing on the zoom quizzes that you set up or some such (laughs) what could you do to be useful to that kind of uh, situation I think that's really you know really important point particularly at the moment whilst Mm. you know whilst we're locked down it might not be as obvious because you know we're we're not seeing people as as often but like you say you know if if you typically would connect with them online on social media again you know just reaching out they might be absolutely fine but just you know showing that you care reaching out to somebody you know can be really yeah important Powerful, superb. So if you feel right now that you need help, hopefully that's giving you some ways of treating yourself kindly, I think is is the key underlying thing. There's only one you and you are amazing. You know, the fact that we're here is astounding. So so yes, I think it is to appreciate that you know you are an amazing person and, and other people think that of you too, no matter what your brain says to you, they do. <laughs> uh, well thank you Kylie for your help and information today that's been wonderful I hope you have a fantastic week <laughs> you too thank you to Kylie for sharing her expertise and please do check out all the links on quirky voices at weebly.com and share it share it around take a picture of it ping it out on your Instagram put it on your Tumblr put it at Reddit wherever you can to help this get to people who might find it useful so thank you and we would appreciate hearing from you very much if you have found any aspect of this podcast useful or uplifting or if you even want to offer us some advice on other avenues to explore in future podcasts or links that we could share that would be amazing so do ping us an email to quirkyvoices at gmail.com we'd absolutely love to hear from you or oh we'd love a review it would make our day to have a a rating and review sharing your thoughts on this show so other folks can think maybe i should listen to that that sounds interesting so please do feel free to do that on any podcatcher or on podchaser which is i think a groovy place to find podcasts go have a browse there's some wonderful things on there and uh well thank you to those who have already honestly makes my day to see that we have 
had a positive presence in someone's life because that's the whole point of this podcast <laughs> and spending long 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 time in my days collating interviewing editing acting finding friends to do this fun with me and just putting it out there into this big wide crazy wonderful beautiful world so i do hope you're going to treat yourself very well this week please i am going to give myself extra chocolate rations for working extra hard on my voice projects my book my teaching my voice acting a course and this show i mean as well as being a mummy what a week <laughs> uh, we talked a little about mindfulness and meditation and i thought if you'd like to join in i'd like to do a little chilled out gentle meditative something with you now a little gentle thinking about you right now so if you want to why don't you close your eyes and enjoy that moment with just your thoughts and my voice and listen to the sounds around you take a deep breath in and smell the smells sense life happening around you and you are in the center of everything at the moment think about just being just being still and as you breathe to whatever rhythm you need just sense any movement of the air around you how it feels on your skin your face as you breathe sense parts of your body against anything touching a seat the floor the heat from the sun wherever you are and I'd like to imagine your you-ness, you, the essence, the soul, whatever you want to call it, of you, gently rising up out of the top of your head and moving in front of you to face you, still with your eyes shut, just imagining this. And your you-ness mirroring you a few feet away, social distancing mirror image, right? And just looking back at yourself, your shell, your you, your body sat peacefully or doing whatever you're doing right now, listening to this podcast. Uh, I'd like you to just look at your face in your mind's eye and notice just how beautiful you are, how restfully and calmly and peaceful your face falls, how time is changing you. Just think for a second of picturing you in this pose as a toddler, as a teen, as a young adult, and as you now, how you are here, right now, growing into yourself, how you are the beautiful and unique, glorious someone you are, how amazing it is you're growing and being alive every day, feeling, smelling, lifting, nurturing others and friendship. And there's working you and leisure you and family you and all these brilliant aspects to you, wondrous you. And just have that flash Gordon moment, like a montage, and think of all the things you've been through and enjoyed and laughed at and the, the people who have met you, who value you and love you and have cared for you and imagine them in a a supportive tableau around you just appearing, however you think that might be, and just feel their love and their warmth for you. And 
as you mirror you, just give yourself a good smile. Oh, go on, give yourself a smile of, you're okay, or I gotcha, or hi, or I have support, or I'm okay, I'm okay, or I'm not okay, and I'll do something about it, or I will rebuild myself, I will rebuild myself, and now find yourself zooming back inside your own head, and just breathe gently for a second and think, I am here, this is my now, and I feel, and think however you feel, I feel content, I feel inspired, I feel supported, I feel to name how you feel and listen. Listen now and become present in the world around you. Feel the, the floor under your feet that support you. Feel the air that helps you breathe. Feel yourself here and now. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Hello. <laughs> and thank you. I, I think a gentle meditation is good for us all. Go seek some, why don't you? There's uh, loads online and on some of the sites that Kylie mentioned. And again, all those links are on the Quirky Voices website. So go have a browse for those apps, those websites. And all that remains to be said now is oh, thank you so much for listening, you wonderful soul. Thank you to my wondrous cast, Kirsten Stansfield as Freya. Hello. Laura Parker as Gabby. Hurrah. Lucy Shirley as Rachel. Woo. I played Charlie. Hello. And of course massive thank yous to the amazing diane alexander for playing Flo and sharing parts of her story her real life with us today so this groovy music was by matt hutt and zach lemon cheers chaps my wondrous executive producer was fiona thrail of dashing onions productions do check out her audio fiction run south the listening jar and when we were two and more on her glorious feed and i recommend today y2k is a story Set back in the millennium. Remember those days? Were you even born? I don't know. Uh, releasing an episode a week for a year at the moment. It's halfway through uh, by the wonderful and talented Karen Heimdall, who she's also a, a fellow drama teacher. So kudos there. <laughs> Yay for drama teachers and all teachers everywhere. I also recommend to listen to The Bright Sessions by the brilliant Lauren Shipper. Now that was out a few years ago now, but holds up as one of the best audio fiction stories of the last decade for sure. I really enjoyed that when I first started to listen to modern audio fiction. And she also wrote and did Passenger List and the AM Archives. Also awesome and has a book out and sings beautiful. To be honest, I don't think there's anything she can't do. And if you like musicals, try The House of Sunshine and their spin-off Brushtown stories for fuzzy friend, fuzzy town fun. <laughs> I had the pleasure of doing our monologue for them. Well, that's it for me. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> I'm Sarah Golding and I hope you, insert your name here, have a great and brilliant week. And do join us next week for the third instalment of the podcast episodes on this topic and fathom how the friends help Flo add some positive feelings to her birthday in the only way they can. <laughs> i just leave you with the, the quote. Don't know where it comes from. What a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days of our lives haven't happened yet. I hope you look forward to yours. Certainly look forward to mine. Bye-bye!